Join me, Professor RPG, as I sit down with friends, colleagues, and special guests as we reminisce and discuss role-playing games that left their mark on us. Expect to see all sorts, from western style to Japanese and even tabletop. So stay a while and listen, and let us trigger those memories of tales long since completed. Relive that fantasy you hold dear, and come along with us, adventurer, on this quest into the past. Welcome to the RPG University. Use the wave motion gun. Roger, turning bow towards target. Open circuits. Force injector. Activate. Final safety. Released. Increase in tachyon particle pressure inside the firing chamber. Target scope. Open. Bow is now in firing alignment. Anti-shock. Anti-flash defenses. Video cross-gauge brightness 20. Sights fixed. Firing countdown. 3, 2, 1. Wave motion gun. Fire. Fire! Classes in session. This week, I have the pleasure of welcoming to the university producer, editor, and one of the co-hosts of Super Deluxe Gamecast, a super robot tech head extraordinaire, Mr. Derek Van Dyke. How's it going, Derek? It's going, man. It's going very well. Thank you for having me. Well, I, uh, I've i wanted to talk about this series here on the RPG for a while, and seeing you also being one of the few people I know that also loves and really <laughs> knows of the Super Robot Wars games in the States... I, I, I had to make it happen. I had oh, to make I'm, it happen. I'm glad to be part of it. I'm, I'm super excited. Any opportunity to nerd out about giant robots, I am here for it. Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yes. Right there, right there with you. But yes, for this episode, we are talking specifically about Super Robot Wars V. This game came out back in Japan and Asia regions on February 23rd, 2017. Unfortunately, never officially localized, but it does come... The Asian versions do come with a English translation in it, so that's wonderful. But to get your listener minds back in the mindset of the year 2017, here's some other games you might have been playing back then. Super Mario Odyssey and Zelda Breath of the Wild both released that year. The Switch's first year as it started its slow march to take over the game industry and just print money. South Park, the Fractured But Whole released and brought turn-based kind of tactical combat to the South Park uh, in this South Park sequel. Fantastic game. Loved it. Prey released along with Nier Automata. Middle Earth, Shadow of War, Neo, Mass Effect Andromeda, which let's not even go there. Divinity, (laughs) Divinity Original Sin 2, which is still one of the best uh, fantasy role-playing games to date. And Fire Emblem Echoes Shadows of Valentia, also released in 2017. So, Derek, did you find yourself playing any of these games? Uh, Most of them. I mean, what a year for games, right? You You got Zelda and Mario, and Mario Odyssey... Uh, I I am a contrarian in that I don't I didn't really like Breath of the Wild that much. I'm I'm um, there with you. Although respect to people who love it, it clearly resonated with people. But but Mario Odyssey was an all time great uh, games, one of the best games of all time already. 
Mm-hmm. Um, near Automata is going to go down as one of the most memorable and and kind of environment changing games of all time, probably. Just what a year! Yeah, my goodness. True. True. And to clarify on my point, uh, I think Breath of the Wild is a really good stepping off point for Nintendo doing a first party open world. It's not my favorite Zelda. I don't yeah, like I think it's bre- a I think it's I a very like good game. Breaking. Yeah. It's just not a game for me. I very yeah. much like where 3D Zelda has been and mm-hmm. this gets a little bit more into I'm just not a big I'm not big on those open world type of games. Uh yeah. you know where you have oh here's a tower and you've got a you know climb the tower and hit the button to reveal more of the map and and it's a little bit more free for and this is not my thing i like my guided experiences a lot of times Mm -hmm. so i missed my dungeons my like yes lots of dungeons yes but i love the story in breath of the wild the story elements and the characters are some of the best in the franchise so agreed i'm anxious to see what they do with a sequel but let's let's talk a bit about some giant robots let's talk about some super robot wars v now just to kind of get an idea, where did you kind of get your start or what introduced you to the Super Robot Wars series, Derek? So I actually started with the uh, Super Robot Tyson original generations games mm-hmm. on Game Boy Advance, uh, which Super Robot Tyson, for those of you listening, is the the U.S. title for Super Robot Wars. They they. I don't know. I've heard different versions that they either had to change or voluntarily change the name over here in the U.S. to avoid uh, copyright issues with the television show Robot Wars, which is now very much a historical footnote. Um, But I loved Fire Emblem on the GBA. And I once I played that, I needed to eat up anything else that was like it. So I, I picked up like the Advanced Wars games and then I got Fire Emblem Sacred Stones. And then I saw Super Robot Tyson Original Generations and heard it's Fire Emblem-like. And I thought, well, I love Gundam and I love Mm. giant robots, so I got to play this game. And I loved it. And then I come to find out that this is only a small part of a series that has existed for a long time of games that are mostly crossovers between various mecha anime, most of which I love. Now, rights issues prevent them from coming to the U.S., but... Some of you may remember uh, Super Robot Wars Alpha Gaiden on the PlayStation 1 got a very good fan translation that really got a lot of our appetites kind of wet Mm -hmm. for more of this. And then hearing that Super Robot Wars V for the 25th anniversary was going to be officially translated into English. And at this point, consoles are not region locked. You can import a copy. You can get a copy on Amazon if you want, and it'll run on your American Switch or PS4 or what have you. And I I just, I had to. I, I am such a sucker for giant robot anime <laughs> and for these types yeah. of tactical RPGs, so. Uh, yeah, I had a very similar start. I feel like I knew of the series, I knew of the series prior to the Game Boy Advance games because I, I own both Game Boy Advance games. I own the DS kind of pseudo sequels which was much more of like a um oh, the endless pro- frontier games yeah the endless frontier which had more of the project cross zone namco versus bandai or um 2d combat it was it wasn't a very unconventional fire, very <laughs> unconventional yes we'll say that um but i remember being very excited that we were finally getting 
a Super Robot Wars or Super Robot Tyson game over in the States with the with the OG Saga episode one and two. So I played those. I loved them because like you, I'm a I am a huge, huge Fire Emblem fan. I'm a huge Gundam fan, Gurren Lagan, um Mazing Mazinger, uh, Getter Robo, all those like I love this series these series. So when I think it was uh, the PS3 version of OG Saga Moon Dwellers, I think might have been the first one that got like an English translation and for the yeah, English it was Asian a rough Asian. translation, yeah. but it was still complete and it was still very yeah. playable. So that was the first one, and when that started happening, I was like, "Holy crap! I'm I can finally play these games and know what's going on." So ever since then, I've been picking up pretty much every new one that comes out, but. I love how you can assign different, you can level up pilots, you can level up suits, you can craft gear and do all these things, which just speaks to the RPG nerd in me. So yep. being able to do it with giant super robots, which it was like heaven. The level of customization on display in your average super robot wars game. I mean, so, so V kind of set the mold for the next couple of games, X and T, um, mm -hmm. So I think in a way V kind of can be used to summarize all three of these somewhat related games. But in V, you not only have the ability to level up your pilots and train your pilots in specific stats and give them specific pilot skills that improve their combat abilities, but then you've also got spending money on upgrading the robots parameters you've also mm. got the special power parts that add special abilities to the robots with some of the series you can switch the pilots around in what robots you can't put like the protagonist of a gundam show mm -hmm. behind mazinger z but you can put a lot of these different gundam characters in each other's units um and i seem to remember i think i think evangelion worked the same way where you could move some yeah. characters around um, and, and, and maybe a couple others that I'm just not thinking of off the top of my head. You have the whole, uh, tack customization system where you can spend money on global upgrades for your entire army. If you are the kind of person who just loves to sit in menu screens between missions and just dump different types of currencies into different kinds of upgrades, <laughs> Super Robot Wars has something for you. Numbers will go up. Oh, yeah. This is a min-maxer's dream, I feel like. And yet you don't need to be a min-maxer mm -hmm. to, to do well at the game on its normal difficulty. I think it's very approachable on its normal difficulty. For sure. Um, as, as long as you stick with, like, the main characters, who are obviously more powerful than a lot of the secondary and tertiary characters from each show, you can, you can pretty much make it through fairly easily but yeah if you want to play those higher difficulties you want to mid max you want to challenge yourself to use only the garbage tier units you can make that work mm -hmm. i've always wanted to go through and try and do like a, a solo playthrough where i have like i just have i deploy like one unit each map kind of thing as i can or only use minimal amount of units but the uh the lineup the roster in V is pretty astounding as well. You have your band Presto originals from uh, Super Robot Wars, Super Machine Zambot Three, Unchallenge, uh, Unchallenge, Dietarn Three, Zeta Gundam, Double Zeta, Shars Counterattack, Hathaway Flash, Crossbone Gundam made its return since Alpha uh, 
Super Robot Wars Alpha on PSP. You had C, Destiny. You had Double O, The Movie, Awakening of the Trailblazer, Gundam Unicorn, Brave Express, Mike Gine, Martian Successor, Not a Seco, Get a Robo Armageddon, True Mazinger Edition, uh, Mazinger Zero. You had Full Metal Panic. You had Rebuild of Evangelion. You had Star Blazers, which was a huge deal. Yo, uh, Yamato twenty one ninety nine was is was so mind yeah. blowing to see. Mm-hmm. Like that's and, what I remember as being the big, like, holy shit. Like yeah, it was. It's a sci-fi series that's not any mecha. It's just here's the battleship, mm-hmm. um, and a couple little fighters, uh, and also just talk about prestige anime. I mean, the original space battleship Yamato is 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 iconic, and oh, Yamato twenty one ninety nine is the definition of how you do a good remake. And then can we not even mention Cross Ange? <laughs> can we leave them off the roster? Because woof, yeah. Talk about a mess. But yeah, yeah, what a lineup. I mean, you've got some of the best and most iconic Gundam series in there, uh, mm-hmm. including Double Zeta for the first time in a long time, Nadeshiko for the first time in a long time. And I I know we're all getting tired of, of uh, we're getting into the weeds of mecha stuff here, but we're all getting tired of Nadeshiko being represented by that kind of grim, dark, edgy movie instead of the TV series, but still good to see it. Um you know, Shin Mazinger and Shin Getter Robo, gotta love them. Like, Dytarn 3, a classic. Full Metal Panic, been a hot minute since I've thought about Full Metal Panic. Um, <laughs> and then Evangelion. Like, wow. You know, I mm-hmm. am not an Ava fan, but that's a big deal. Like, Ava's huge. It's a big get. Yeah, so to see Ava back, even though it's hard because the movies aren't complete, so they really couldn't dive deep into the story elements. But, But, yeah, just incredible stuff um one thing that has always appealed to me most of specifically of these games is how absolutely gorgeous the attack animations are oh yes like look up youtube compilations if you're listening to this and you're not super sure about super robot wars i'll tell you what will make you super sure just look up what the attack animations in this game looks like. It's some mm-hmm. of the most beautiful sprite work and animation work uh, I've seen in gaming. And it's just flashy. It, it They capture the, the feel and the scenes from the, an, the attacks from the animes, the source material so well. The cut, I love it when they cut away to like cockpit views or you see the pilots screaming into the camera like they do in the, the, the source material it's it's fantastic and then pair all that with how you have classic soundtracks and music playing or renditions of tracks from the, the shows as well to accompany it that you can then kind of swap around and put other music to your characters it's it gives me shivers and I always want have wanted to sit down and see like a video they put out showcasing like how they make these videos because or the attack animations because it's ridiculous it's um my understanding is it's all just digitized hand animation um which is incredible that that's still being done in in today's day and age and i love how the animation work so perfectly matches like you brought up each show 
mm-hmm. individually. Like they find a way to create some cohesion, but you look at something somewhat modern like Nadeshiko or like the newer Gundam series or Full Metal Panic. And then you compare that to something like Zeta Gundam, which is from the 80s, and you look at the way that even just the way they draw and animate the like the energy bursts from beam weapons and things like that. Mm-hmm. And it's and then you compare that against something like uh, Brave Express Might Gain, which has the very classically late 80s super robot energy of the big flashy pull out the sword, big poses, yeah. bursts all over the place, cut it in half. You know, the background's all crazy speed lines and, and they implement that so well. And then you get Dytarn 3, which is old and goofy as shit. Dytarn 3, mm-hmm. what, that's early 70s, I want to say? Uh, and they capture that silliness of the animation. And it's just mm-hmm. just so good. So, so much good. love for these shows. And it really shows. Like, seeing an Itano Circus pop off in these <laughs> games. <laughs> yep. Or, like, the seed pose. I can't... There's a specific... Uh, the o- the Obari uh, sword pose. Yeah, the Obari sword pose. It seeing those pull off and then, like, uh, granted, there it's not in this game specifically, but Wing Zero like using his twin buster and lining up an attack with against an enemy, things like that. Just those little touches, just like making nerd out. It's like yeah. this is a Mecha Heads nerdgasm dream. I will tell you the most impressive one of these attack animations to me, and it's very subtle, but New Gundam from Shars Counterattack has its 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 full like most turbo nerd super high level attack that you can unlock and use. There is a bit when it's done using up all of its weapons and it comes in for just a bare knuckle beatdown, and for a brief bit the animation actually transitions from the super deformed style of the mm-hmm. of the series of, of of games of super robot wars into a traditional two model new gundam as it kind of like gets into the pose and it's coming in and you actually watch the super deform morph out into the two scale two proportion new gundam and then go back in and it's just this great little pause hype moment. And it's like, that is, to animate that seamless change in proportion between art styles, to give that moment of pause on, this is this fan favorite unit, this is the the OG Gundam mm-hmm. hero coming in to whoop your ass with his bare robot hands. Um, this is such an impressive piece of animation work. These guys do not get enough love for their animation work. Just, ugh. Oh, yeah. And the explosion and effects. Like, mm. the explosions blow me away. I'm watching the attack you just mentioned as well. That That's so seamless. Once you think about it, you, you tend to not even catch it. And then you think about it, and you rewatch it, and you go, oh, oh, they did that. Oh, so good. So clean. Just so clean. It's funny that we're just... For for all this talk about how good of an of an RPG this is, mm-hmm. we're just like, oh, giant robots. Oh, it looks so good. Oh, it's so flashy and cool. But like, that's kind of the spirit of giant robots, isn't it? To a certain yeah. amount, you got to turn your brain off and just go, cool robot. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing with 
these Super Robot War games or ST Gundam G Generation or ge- the Generation games that I also play. It's as cool as it's it is to see these characters uh, kind of cross over and interact with each other. At the end of the day, I just I play these games to see the sweet animations and to make a cool badass team of giant robots that blow up bad guys. Like yeah. I don't necessarily focus too much on the story in these games because especially in this one there's so much there's so much text. So, in yeah, well, the visual novel good, segments are yeah. are long-winded. Yes. Uh I just want to get to like the sweet combat and leveling up my my crew and my units and watching uh, watching all these animations. Uh, that's why I get these games. Um first and foremost and if it in has a, lot a of good ways, story it's icing on the cake yeah in a lot of ways it's like fire emblem but shifting the balance away from story and more to the combat side of things mm-hmm. because i think you can compare them to fire emblem very very comfortably but i think whereas fire emblem tries to put a lot of effort into telling a good story and creating these characters that are have a lot of hidden depths uh, Super Robot Wars is really just trying to give you a glimpse into characters that are much bigger and much more fleshed out in their own show. You don't have a ton of time to really mm-hmm. get into the depth of, say, Evangelion, so you're only getting the most surface level. But the combat is so much more in-depth. You have so many more options. You have so much more customization. Uh, and to be fair, you know, once you've beaten a Fire Emblem and you're replaying it, you're skipping all that story anyway. So, (laughs) you know, I mean, I think for the kind of people who like to play games like Fire Emblem and then replay them, if you're very gameplay oriented, I think Super Robot Wars has a lot to offer you mechanically. Yeah. I would definitely agree with you in terms of the Super Robot War games mimic in terms of style, kind of gameplay uh, closest to Fire Emblem uh, as opposed to like a Final Fantasy Tactics or an Advanced Wars, it's much closer to a a Fire Emblem uh, emblem style. Um, it, it's interesting. I'm uh, after we talked about that new Gundam animation, I and I looked it up. I going frame by frame to see how they did it, and it's literally they just they go in a in a frame from the uh, game sprite, the super deformed sprite to just like you said the digitized side shot of the full scale new and that's how they do it it's just like boom but how it's animated and the effects going on you really don't notice it yeah it's so So, good so good (laughs) so good so what was what's your kind of go-to team in this game or what what in okay we'll say in all the super robot war games like do you have a set unit or a set few units that you absolutely have to have in your party yeah so i think part of the fun of super robot wars and and for a lot of people who are listening who maybe are are passingly familiar with like gundam and evangelion but won't know most of these series that are introduced like the Mm -hmm. cool thing is a lot of us mecha geeks go into these shows or into these games only knowing like half the shows that are in them yeah um and a lot of the stuff we do know it's stuff where we've absorbed more than we've seen uh, I mean, like, let's be real. How many people actually have sat down and watched like Mazinger Z or Get a Robo, the classic ones? Mm-hmm. I mean, very, very 
little. How many people came into this and have, I mean, nobody's read Crossbone Gundam. Hathaway's Flash, nobody's read Hathaway's Flash. Um, it's getting a movie, though, coming yeah, out next year. Getting a trilogy, I think. Or OVA, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think, uh, for me, part of the fun is in the characters that I I recognize, which is usually usually Gundam and a lot of the big standbys and maybe a, the occasional lesser known. You know, like, Nadeshiko is not super, super mainstream, but... It's not exactly mm-hmm. cult either, and I love it. Um, and part of it's the fun of of seeing new things that you are not familiar with. Like Mike Gein was new to me when I started Super Robot Wars V. I'd, I'd never seen an episode of the show. Um, I'd never seen an episode of Cross Ange. Uh, and I'd actually, I, I had watched a lot of Space Battleship Yamato, but I'd not started 2199. So that was in a lot of ways partially new to me. And I haven't watched any of the Evangelion rebuild. I was waiting for all of that to be done. Mm-hmm. So everything new in Evangelion was new to me. Um, and then I get into this, and I'm kind of learning about these new characters, and my attitude is I try to use the main protagonist and maybe like secondary like supporting protagonist from every mm-hmm. series at least a couple times. And I tend to gravitate towards the ones from my favorite shows. So in this example, stuff, you know, like, like Zeta Gundam, double Zeta Gundam, Shars counterattack. Um, but then also the new stuff that I didn't maybe know where I'm just super vibing with the aesthetic. Cause as long as you're picking a main character, Mm-hmm. and you're playing on that normal difficulty, you don't have to think that deeply about team building. You know, yeah. pick good units, pick cool units, you're going to do fine. It's not till the hard difficulties and those like challenge runs that you really need to f- fret that too much. Mm-hmm. But, um, so yeah, like I ended up using the Avas a lot in this. Um, I used Dytarn 3 because I love Dytarn 3. Uh, having never seen the show, but it's just a big hulking, goofy samurai robot. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Lemonade. Uh, those those but, old school, over the top super robot yes, designs. Yes. Yes. But um, so, yeah, my attitude is I give pretty much all of the semi major characters a shot. Uh, and a lot of those minor characters who are still playable and they're. You know, their their robot may only have two or three different attacks available in the full move set, which is usually a sign that it's not a particularly good unit either, and that they're mm-hmm. more there to fulfill people who people who want to try than mm-hmm. you know, like I guess a good example of this would be I'm sure that many listeners will be familiar with Gundam Wing, which is not in Super Robot Wars V specifically, it's in Super Robot Wars X, but not V. Um, all of the the Gundam boys are in X, uh, and all all five of them are extremely usable. But obviously, Wing Zero is going to be the best of the lot with the most fleshed out move set. But then you can also get uh, like Lieutenant Noin in the Taurus, mm-hmm. which sure you can use it. It's only got like two attacks. It's not great. I don't know why you would. If you really want to, you can. I tend to skip those characters. 
I tend to mm-hmm. leave them on the bench because I just know whatever. There's cooler shit out there that I I want to get into. So yeah, for me, like mainstays, if new or high new Gundam is in, I have to have it because that's one of yeah. that's legit one of my favorite Gundams of all time. Uh, Love same with Amaro. Yep. Uh, same with the Freedom or the uh, Perfect Strike. Uh, absolutely love those. Gurren Lagann, huge fan of Gurren Lagann. I love Gao Gai Gar, uh, especially post- partly because of the Gao Gai Gar theme. Uh, but how how unfortunate, by the way, not to cut you off, but no. how unfortunate is it we got Gao Gai Gar and Super Robot Wars, or no, we got Gurren Lagann and Super Robot Wars X. Such a fan favorite. We got Gao Gaigar and Super Robot Wars T. And the two never get to meet. Yeah. Like, well, there's, Mecha there's fans... There's always going to be a sequel. I know. Mecha fans, we have been waiting for so long for a Super Robot Wars <laughs> game to finally let these two series be together and just try to out-hype each other. Mm-hmm. We got so close. <laughs> One game apart. Almost there. Almost there. <laughs> we are almost there. Uh... But no, like I I appreciate how each game seems to have kind of special sprinkled characters. Like you have I can't remember which one has it, but like Big O, uh Gurren Lagan, Crossbone coming back, uh Yamato in this game, like these special units that people have been clamoring for that they'll that they'll sprinkle into each game. Um, but it's also just cool I've, to be surprised, you know. Oh yeah. I mean, like, it's it's super cool to see, like, Mike Gain, Mike Gain, nobody ever thought that anything before Gal Gagar in the Brave series was ever going to get a lot of love again, and here mm-hmm. we are, so. Um, yeah, uh, I'm curious, uh, man. So how many of these games would you say you've played? Oh, I got to think here. So I've played... Um, I played the two OG games on GBA. I played Alpha 1 and Alpha Gaiden on PS1. And Alpha 1, I had to use a translation guide because it never got really translated. And that wasn't my favorite experience because it was cool and very flashy, but, you know, I don't I don't yeah. read Japanese fluently enough to, to really navigate that game. Uh so I, I, I ended up doing a lot of, for a lot of these games, I just look up the cool-ass animations and be like, wow, it's super cool how they represented the big O in Super Robot Wars Z or, or what have you. So so the two OG games, I played Alpha and Alpha Gaiden on PS1, um, and then I hadn't played another... I played the Endless Frontier games on DS, but I almost don't count them. Yeah. And then, and then V was finally like the opportunity. It was, hey... It's in English. It's the crossover shit you want. Let's go. So then I played VX and T. Um, and it's been a hot minute since T released. Because I want to say that that T was um, beginning of 2019 that that released. And it's been an unusually long time. Yeah, March 20th, 2019 was when Super Robot Wars T released. Because VX and T being built off the same engine and reusing a lot of assets... Um, ended up coming out only a year apart from each other each. So you had V was 2017, X was 2018, T was 2019. And then what has been happening for a long time is we'd get a game in the end of winter, early spring. 
mm-hmm. and then we'd get an announcement about the next game sometime in the fall of that year of what we were going to see next year. And we didn't get that in 2019. So then nothing came out in 2020 and we didn't get an announcement, you know, in the same time frame mm-hmm. for 2020. So we know nothing's coming early 2020. So I wonder, I wonder how big of a refresh this series might be getting behind the scenes if they've taken a couple years off. But yeah, I know there was some sort of rumor going around uh, back in June or so. I want to say that a, there was a a listing or something on on the PlayAsia, which is a online importer retailer, a uh, kind of a placeholder for a PlayStation Four and Switch thirtieth uh, anniversary game kind of thing. Which crazy to think that this game. This series has been around for 30 years, but yeah, it's celebrating 30 years on April 20th, 2021. Yeah, well, and um, God, I wonder what what could be... It's almost too... Well, and who knows? COVID could have thrown off right. every, every every plan imaginable. Um, but but yeah, it's, it's, I'm curious what's going on with this franchise right now, but VX and T being made available in English was such a big deal. Um, they were all well. They were all on PS4, and then T got put on the Switch, and now V and X are on Switch, and they're on PC as well. I have no idea how you can access them on PC uh, from the United States because they are not exactly available on our version of Steam. And I'm not really an expert at getting out of region games on that sort of thing, but I know that you can buy a copy on Amazon of the English language Asian version and slap it in your ps4 or switch or presumably ps5 if you're so lucky mm-hmm. so yeah it's i'm going to be curious to see if they try to bring it to at least u.s steam or like the western steam platform because we got surprisingly we got the latest sd gundam g generation game last year well it's also easier when you Crossroads. consider they've only got to but, worry about the gundam license right so um, that's the thing. It's that licensing nightmare oh, for sure of all these shows. That's why it's so cool that that's their kind of nudge, nudge, wink, wink. We're going to put in mm-hmm. a professional level of localization for an English language copy in Asia. And, you know, if oh, yeah. people import it, we're not breaking any laws and selling outside our mm-hmm. copyright area. But PC being a digital only platform makes that a lot harder. Um, and side note. That is why I do not hope for an all-digital future, because importing is still very much easier, very much easier with physical copies. Oh, 100%. I'm very much still in the physical physical, uh, camp. I I love having a collection. I like to think of it as I'm investing in my retirement. (laughs) Uh, But with situations like you just brought up or with um scott pilgrim as a great example being removed from store or from online retailers or the simpsons arcade game or um avatar or the transformers game uh battleground i think it was that came out a few years ago once licenses expire things like that they're removed from the digital landscape and you can't play them so having a physical version, a physical disc or cartridge, I think is still so, so important. Um, now that's not to say I won't also buy a digital copy if it's like on sale or something just to yeah, protect yeah. my physical copy. But, um, 
still very much in the first and foremost go physical and then if if need be adapt and and go digital if i have to but yeah i uh i'm just curious i i don't know what's what's going to happen with this series in the future um we know that there's going to be more games i think they've found a great workaround in mm-hmm. translating the games and letting people import them it is proven to be very very successful for them it is proven to be you know to please the fans so i love how much it's so much easier nowadays to play import games than it used to be oh my god remember like, trying to mod your ps2 to play games from other regions oh yeah Ugh. uh i have a mod like a soft modded ps2 slim and it's like sticking a little piece of paper in the disc tray thing so it'll keep spinning and then quickly swapping discs or even just importing games it's like trying to find a reputable site where you could import and even then when you do import a game it's like twice as expensive and now it's you can literally go on amazon buy buy this game for 60 bucks and have it to your house in two days it's like yeah a lot of sites oh, will let you pre-order a game that's coming out in in another region, and it'll maybe cost you ten bucks more to pre-order it and and make sure you're gonna have it. But like, you know, seventy bucks. Well, I guess if game prices go up, it'd be eighty. But compare that again to where it used to cost you one hundred twenty, one hundred fifty to import a Japanese yeah. game. I mean, yeah, Oof. so much easier nowadays. <laughs> I will take it. Uh, the first non like og saga game that i remember really getting hooked on with super robot wars was w for the ds um i had a repro not a repro card but uh like a flash card for my old ds yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so so much of of that game but it's so nice to be able to easily play these games experience them see the the new model or the new illustrations and animations and everything it's just so good. Yeah, so I think good. I think also V. One of the nice things about V is it's, I I think it's very approachable for people who are maybe not giant robot fans, which is a weird thing to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're coming into this and you don't watch a shitload of mecha anime because you love mecha, most people are not against the concept of giant robots, right? That's not really a problem people have. But yeah. you come into this and if you're casually an anime fan you know about gundam and you know about Mm -hmm. evangelion and that uh becomes two very big things you can latch on very easily i think yamato Mm -hmm. 2199 as the kind of frame story as the central piece of the narrative that everything else builds off of is a good classic sci-fi story where, you know, the bones of the idea of taking this voyage across the stars to find the thing that might reverse planetary destruction is, it's very 60s sci-fi, and it's Mm -hmm. something that I think people can attach to a lot more easily than a lot of mecha plots, which can get a little bit more in the weeds. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think there's just also a general lack of, of grody garbage in Super Robot Wars V in terms of, like, anime has a bad reputation kind of deservedly so for weirdly sexual content, especially with younger characters. And there's, Mm -hmm. there's just almost none of that 
in V because most of the shows that are included in V don't really delve into that. The one, the one exception being Cross Ange, which uh, again we don't acknowledge. But <laughs> but you can't. Nothing can be perfect. You're not walking into a yeah. hyperdimension Neptunia situation over here. You know, it's you're, right. It's. I think this is if you're like a the kind of person who just plays Fire Emblem and thinks, oh, I could I could play like a Fire Emblem type game, but with Gundams in it. Like this is great. This is for you very much. Yeah, and like you were saying, you don't have to necessarily like these specific series to get a lot out of it because the animations that like we talked about are so good the gameplay is so good there's so many opportunities to customize your squad to your play style whether uh, yes you might have uh units that are better at distance attack or ranged attacks or up close attacks but if you so choose you can dump all your points and money into making the suit really good at close combat or the exact opposite um yeah there's just so much i think also like it, it, this is always a a piece of. It's always funny to me when it comes to license games. A lot of people go, "Well, I don't I don't know anything about the license. I don't know anything about whatever this game is based mm-hmm. on." And I think if a game is good, that doesn't really matter. You know, I mean, there's definitely a bunch of trash anime games that like you're not really going to play the My Hero Academia brawler game unless you mm-hmm. love My Hero Academia, for example, yeah. because this is not a great game. But a great licensed game, you know what? If it wasn't licensed, all the characters and settings stuff would be new to you anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're starting a new Fire Emblem game, you don't know any of these characters anyway. So, so is it really that different if it's based on a bunch of anime that you haven't seen? it might be a little more obvious that they're alluding to or referencing a thing that you aren't. L- let me rephrase that. It might yeah. be more obvious that they're echoing off of a thing that is meant to be a fan service moment that you were not originally there for. But I mean, ultimately, you know, anytime you pick up a new game, you're getting introduced to a new cast and new setting and new things like that. So I, I don't think in a game as good as Super Robot Wars V that not knowing the various characters is particularly meaningful. I mean, hell, the the main character, if you want to get down to it in mm-hmm. each of these games, is always an original character anyway. And there's always original yeah. villains and original plot threads that made up by the team that tie into the center of all of this stuff. So even if you knew everything, you wouldn't know everything. That's a mm-hmm. that's a put that on a t-shirt folks. Even if you knew everything, you yep. wouldn't know everything. Right. And if you're very much uh, I don't know anything about Gundam and stuff, there are games that are literally just their their own characters. Uh like we mentioned the ones we got started with, the OG Saga, the original generation games on Game Boy Advance. Those are all unique in like not crossover characters. Um, there's ones on PS3 as well. Uh, so give those a try if you, if you want to just get a taste of and see if you'd like it. Um, it, but in regards to, I think these are also really good games to introduce folks to new series because this, these games have a great kind of library where you can look up terms, where you can look up details on characters and where they come from, the show they come from. So it's a good way to get kind of a taste 
of what the the properties these all come from and see if any of them sound interesting check them out after you learn about a show because the main character is one of the characters in a game and you're like the robot's cool it does cool flashy things i like some of the plot elements they usually don't exactly get too into detail on the story and they only do some superficial aspects of each Mm -hmm. series but you're like hey i can kind of vibe with this the main theme this instrumental rearranged version of the main theme that plays when that character's fighting is kind of dope. Like I can check out three episodes of that and see how I feel. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So good. These are, these games are just, they're comfort food. Pleasure. They're, they're, they are. They're total. It's popcorn. It's like, it's caramel popcorn. It's just a comfort food. And I love when these games come out. And they're fun to play, and I don't have to think too deeply about them as I play them on normal. And if I want to revisit them on a harder difficulty and really punish myself, I can do that. And they're mm-hmm. just very pretty, and the music, the soundtrack's always just killer. Ugh. Yeah. I don't know. There's something <laughs> mildly addictive about how how approachable and comfortable these games are to play versus the amount of flash and style that they give off for performing the correct action. So. Mm-hmm. We aren't the only people that really love this game. So we are going around the web. First off from use user Kazuya Prota from Reddit. They say, that one time where I used the Strike Freedom's map attack to kill two bosses and many smaller enemies in a single hit and earn truly dirty amounts of funds for my stage. Story-wise, I think the Ava Mazinger intro was really nice, establishing that the reaction of super robot pilots to Shinji would be, dude, you're too shy, but you're still on it. Cool. Rather than rather that than the stale memes. So yeah. Yeah. I also, I'm a big fan of, uh, and of course we recreated it for the intro, but the, um, the moment when you first fire the wave motion gun on the Yamato is just an incredible moment. It's an incredible moment in the show it comes from. It carries all of its gravitas to the game, and the fact that it is a, an attack that they lock off for the entire game outside of one other specific moment where you have the option to use it is... Is helps mm-hmm. kind of bring the gravity of, of how how much of a big bad the wave motion gun is to use, and how unacceptable <laughs> it is to, you know, actually let loose a weapon that powerful. Cool animation too. Oh my god, love like it. every other animation in this game. Yeah. And this is something we didn't touch on before. It's like units can have attacks where you won't zoom in and do a big giant, cool animation. You'll just like hit everything. And pilots have skills that do things like increase your accuracy and evasion, and you can learn. There is so much RPG to this game. It is ridiculous. It's it's stupid. The fact that once you've got everybody to a 50% customization level, if you've put put five points, at least five points, in every single stat on the robot, then you unlock another unique to that robot ability that drastically alters the way that they work is, oh, it's, it's, 
it, yeah, if you like to get in the weeds of your RPGs, you don't have to. But man, Super Robot Wars can really fulfill, can really scratch some itches. Yes, yes, it can. Did you want to read the next one? Take turns. Uh, no, you got it. I don't. I don't. Yeah, you got it. Okay. Uh, the next one we have is user Vash X Shanks from Reddit. For me, it's the awakening of Mazinger Zero and Emperor G, and possibly the best fanfic ending to Martian successor in a Seco story, which I will consider canon in my head from now on. Yeah, yeah, I actually really like the appearance of uh, the the Mazinger Zero showing up. Was it, it's almost again? You're talking about something that was only in. Um, the manga that most of us will mm. not have read, even if we're familiar with Mazinger. So Zero showing up and being very much almost like a, almost like a body horror kind of vibe oh, yeah. to to a mech. It was very very cool and and very interesting and just a great design, a very creepy design. Yeah, love his design. Mazinger's love really been leaning Zero. into the the demonic imagery, and I think that's mm-hmm. working very well for them. They're kind of outdoing Getter Robo at that now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Next up, we have user Darth Vol from Reddit. Definitely the shock of having to fight countless clones of the final boss. I think it's on the if route. And then the Exceder played in the background while my team surprisingly could defeat the bosses one by one. That was pure awesomeness. Yeah, that was a good... Obviously, anytime you get to the, the optional, like, true ending in any of these games... The final boss is just absurd, and mm-hmm. I don't think it really is spoilery to, to say that that it's so crazy to to finally beat that boss, and then it goes up. Oh, well, here's just like a dozen of the same boss that you just <laughs> spent everything to fight, and then the fact that you actually can then go on to like that was a challenge. After mm-hmm. uh, after even on normal difficulty, but I mean again, you know, secret ending. So uh, yeah, but oh, what a what a good fight. Yeah, and I have to say that this these games are great at making you feel like a badass. Like when you send all your units in and things just start popping off, and like uh, you have support characters like fly in for one another to like to do joint attacks. It it just looks and feels so cool, and because it's so. Uh, it so well recreates the aesthetic from each of the shows. It's like I'm, you're watching an anime. It's it's nuts, and it's so so cool when yeah. you have when you encounter moments like this that user Darth Ball mentioned. Next up, we have user Nova two two five from Reddit. Uh, the first time Mazinger Zero shows up and uses its version of Iron Cutter. <coughs> Sure, all of Zero's moves are over the top, but Cutter just seems to be so ridiculously crazy. How should we make Iron Cutter different? Make it the same animation, but make the blade like 2,000 feet long. Hosinger Zero is such a horseshit unit. I mean, for real. (laughs) Every single, the most basic bitch attack in its arsenal is just absurd. It's, Mm -hmm. It's almost more special by the fact that it's only playable in V, and it's not it was not brought back as a playable unit in X or T. And I get the feeling may end up as a one-off as playable and, and probably will not be playable again in the future. Um, but I mean, just what a, what a horseshit fucking unit. And I mean that 
<laughs> with all due respect. <laughs> In the best way possible. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. User S begins from Reddit says, This was my first Super Robot Wars, and I only finished it last week. I loved unlocking units by having certain characters finish off others. I loved how well most of the anime stories intertwined and also loved how this game made animes I had not yet watched easy to access and understand. I've got quite the backlog of anime to get to now. Yeah, I mean, that speaks yeah. to what we were saying earlier about how, like, it very much, I think, is approachable if you've never seen any of these shows. Because they're taking, you know, 12, 15, however many different series stories and oftentimes really dumbing them down to a very approachable and simplified level, which I mean is a compliment given that you have to deal with elements of all these different shows, but you can get a vibe off almost every one of these shows. So mm -hmm. without needing to get into the weeds. So right. That's, that's good. That's good. Uh, backing up what we were saying earlier. And lastly, for this week, we have user Irrefran burning owl from Reddit. For me, it was definitely when Ang Angie first appeared with Vicus. The BGM changed from the generic grunt background music to Vicus's actual background music. Also, right after that, the attack animation for Assault is so amazing with Ange coming out of the cockpit to shoot the enemy with her tiny gun. Kind of reminds me with Chirico from Z3. I haven't played V again, but I'm still looking forward to seeing this scene again. Too bad Assault doesn't exist in Super Robot Wars X. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm forever going to give Cross Ange a lot of shit uh, for being a deeply fucking stupid and problematic show. But I do love the Vilkas is a very cool mech. I think its appearance is very cool. And I do have to give them the, the teabagging. Of, that's, that's one thing we didn't mention is that a lot of these attack animations change dynamically if you actually got a kill with them. So you get a different ending mm -hmm. if you just damage them versus kill them. And the fact that this uh, basic melee combo, if you kill the enemy, can end with the pilot stepping out of the cockpit and just fucking, like, unloading a clip from a <laughs> handgun into... I mean, it's 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 a cherry tap. And I do mm. have to respect the disrespect in that. Yeah. You know. Garbage show. Please do not watch it or support it. But... It's kind of it's kind of dope in the game. I'll, I'll give it that. <laughs> Thank you to everyone who submitted your favorite memories and moments. I very much appreciate it. And like always, check the show notes down below to get links to the uh, the subreddits where you can share your own posts and favorite moments and memories of Super Robot Wars V. I'd love to see them. Now let's say, uh, after hearing Derek and I talk and gush about this amazing game and really amazing franchise, you're wondering to yourself, wow, where could I get this? This sounds right up my alley. Well, we have uh, you hooked up. We we can help you out with that. First off, uh, like we mentioned before, it's super easy to get these games. It's in English and stuff, and it's really not any more pricey usually after they've been out a while, I should say. After they've been out a while, it's usually about the same price as a normal game nowadays. If you go on Amazon right now, 
Super Robot Wars V with the English subtitles for the PS4, you're looking at about 58 bucks. So right just right at the $60 mark pretty much. And you can have it in two days. It's got Amazon Prime. The Switch version, which is slightly newer, is a bit higher price. It's at $64. Bucks. Um, but also Prime, and you can have it by Christmas. It's yeah. fantastic. And the fact you're talking about $60, 70 for an import uh, of a niche JRPG is... Yeah. I mean, again, back in the day... Look, if I want a copy of Fire Emblem Path of Radiance, I got to spend <laughs> like 180 bucks at this point. Yeah. So, I mean, it's... It- it's not bad (laughs) no no it's not and a lot of these you even have english covers to them even though they were never officially released in the u.s it's kind of crazy how it's kind of gone this sneaky way of giving english players a way to play these games but it's very exciting um another import shop you can take a look at and they might have slightly lower prices because this is what they specialize in um, but see, PS4, Super Robot Wars, V on with English subtitles, the Asian version on PlayAsia.com is currently going for about 40 With Super Robot Wars on V on Switch going for about 62 So slightly cheaper uh, for the Switch version, but a good deal cheaper for the PlayStation 4 version. Granted, sense. you might have to pay. F- yeah, you probably have to pay for shipping and stuff through PlayAsia. Um, and it might not be here in two days, but if those aren't a big deal for you, you can save even more money. But very easy to get these games now. Um, and yeah, it's also on other regions' Steam account. I don't know, and Derek doesn't either. How exactly I, I could figure it out up? if I. I mean, that's the thing is I've already played these yeah. games, so I have no need to yeah. replay. I still own them. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure it's not hard to look up how to buy a mm-hmm. Steam game from hong kong or whatever like i'm sure that's not the hardest thing in the world to do right there are guides for that out there we just i can't pull it up and tell you right now yeah google's your friend yeah exactly just google that so let's say you hypothetically you have picked up your brand new copy of super robot wars v and admittedly it can be a bit daunting when you first open it up with all the numbers and menus and areas you can level up well we are here to also help you out with some beginner tips and tricks that might help you on your way to become a super robot wars hero derek how about you start what advice or tips would you give to brand new players so um i I think first thing is don't don't be overwhelmed uh the games are very easy in their first several missions i mean we're talking oftentimes you're talking about getting to the back half of the game and most of these games are like 50 missions long so you're talking usually your first almost 20 missions are are pretty easy to to face roll your way through so that it gives you time to not have to sit down and text dump your way through reading what stats do and reading about every single ability and learning to min max. Like, well, and you also don't have to min max at all um, to, to beat the games on their normal difficulty. So, so just don't feel like you have to know everything before you start mission three. It's fine. Learn how to move your unit, learn, learn how to pick cool ass attacks and, Mm -hmm. and you know, kind of learn things like you know the rate at which your robots regain energy like you'll learn a lot of these little little things over time and it's fine it's a long game it's paced 
for you to figure this stuff out over time. Right. And for my tips, I think it would be, here's a quick breakdown of what all the various stat stats are. So for your pilot, because you can level up your pilot and your mech separately, your pilot stat has the CQB stat is close quarter battle uh, stat, which increases the damage done by attacks with the, the icon that looks like a fist. RNG increases damage done by ranged weapons. So basically anything other than fists. So your beam weapons and the like. They'll have that crosshair logo. Yeah. Yep. DEF is defense. The higher the value, the less damage you take if you get hit. That's pretty st- standard. EVA is evasion. Less likely to be hit. Hit is your accuracy how or how likely you are to hit an attack. And skill helps your critical hit chance. So check that out. Each unit has different... Uh, kind of adaptability whether or not they're good in air water ground or space depending on how good they are in these various environments it will increase your invasion rate if you are in those specific terrains sp is kind of like your mana it's what you use for your attacks focus it's used to enable certain attacks but also increases the damage done to an enemy Basically, the higher your focus, the higher the damage. Your normal max limit is 150, but with skills and different parts, you can increase it. Uh, And for your mech, slightly less amount of stats to worry about. You have HP, which is how much health it has. EN is your energy. Um, Energy, every box you move costs one energy to move, and it's also used for some attacks. Sight is the machine's accuracy. Moby is the evasive rate of that specific suit, and move is how many squares you can move. Yeah. So now there's a quick breakdown. Now that you've given that stat breakdown, I didn't want to give like my real advice <laughs> before you got to do that. Um. So there's there's two types of currency as well in the game. Basically, you get actual money, which is what you spend on pretty much just on your robots. You can buy parts with it, and you can uh upgrade the individual stats of each mech uh and then you've got tack points which i think is short for like tactical points you earn those for pulling off cool shit and that is for you can spend that to directly upgrade pilot stats you can spend that to buy and upgrade like skills on pilots um i think if you're really concerned with not knowing what to do with your currency early on uh and you're coming into this kind of blind I would say save your tack points for what we call tack customization. It's it's its own section in the menu. Uh, I mentioned it before. That's where you buy global upgrades for your units, such as, for example, uh, giving everybody the ability to every unit you pick will get regenerate X amount of health per turn. Um, I think you should dump your points into various tack customization options early on until you've got you can you can only pick six upgrades so do that and then i think in terms of your your money the smartest way to use your money early on is uh i think you should get all of your favorite robots that you know you're probably going to use the whole way through the game up to five upgrades in each stat to get that unique custom bonus that's kind of a nice freebie that immediately makes them significantly better um it's funny because you'd think that it would be better to actually tailor like well this one needs a boost to evasion because that's what it's really good at so i can make it never get hit just put five in everything get that bonus move on to the next one 
put five in everything. Uh, you know, you can min max later, but that is a good surefire works on every robot strategy. Go halfway with everything. <laughs> um, there you, you don't have to overthink uh, these games too much to get in. You can. I know we've rattled off a lot about stats, but really, you can just you can just dump money in places and do pretty well on normal. It's it is the hard difficulty mm. where you really need to stress that stuff. You can really go as deep as you want to in these games. Yeah. So, which is to uh, definitely to its benefit. We are on to perhaps my favorite part of each episode, the Monster Enemy of the Week. Derek, what enemy are you bringing to the arena this week? Yeah, so the Monster of the Week, uh, Enemy of the Week for this game is the Kedora. Um, the Kedora is a kind of a weird Lovecraftian squid monster thing from the Mazinger series. and With bat wings. Yeah, with bat with wings. Like giant uh, bat of wings. Of course. The Kedora is, a, uh, I think, a very memorable enemy from this game because while there's a shitload of enemies, the Kedora is tougher than the vast majority of generic grunt enemies in the game, and it shows up, starts showing up, and starts showing up regularly right around the point where the game actually starts to be asking more of you. And the Kedora, all the way up to the end, will continue to be an enemy that if it shows up in mass, because it will, it's it's kind of the elite grunt enemy. That's that's an enemy that you can't just throw anybody at and attack. You have to start really paying attention to your uh, hit and evade percentages. You have to start really playing defensively around the point in the game that these start showing up regularly. So, uh, and I think that's always good when an enemy is not only kind of weird and unique. It's a robot. Uh, it's a it's a game about robots, but this enemy is a weird Lovecraft monster. But also, it comes tied into a shift in playstyle and attitude, where you're now learning the mechanics, and now you've got to play defensively around these powerhouse enemies rather than just rushing in and wiping out as many enemies as quickly as possible. There you go. I, and normally this is the part where I would tell you, oh, the stat breakdowns of said enemy, but I'm actually, I wasn't able to actually find the stat yeah, block for really any of the monsters or enemies in this game. So I'm just going to go from the Mazinger wiki and tell you a bit about it. The Kodora are biomechanical monsters created by the Mycenae Empire to pilot the mechanical beasts. Originally appearing in Mazinger Z, Relic of Terror, they are given a wider range of abilities in Mazinger Edition Z, The Impact. Unlike their original counterparts, they appear to lack any type of sentience and strictly follow the commands of their controllers. So there you go. Yeah, and they're, you know, in the game, the big thing is they, they have like a medium range attack so they can, they have a decent range. They're not, they don't have to rush up to you. They can hit you from a couple spots away, which given their relative accuracy and their relative hardiness, they're an enemy that you're extremely unlikely, even by end game, to be taking out in a single hit. Um, means that you can't just throw a couple tough robots right into a crowd of them and expect to wipe out that crowd with counterattacks. You're going to get, you're going to get hit a couple times by, by yeah. these guys they're gonna they're gonna leave some dings in your team um, 
And there's, uh, yeah, they're just a weird, cool, very different enemy. And uh, and yeah, I just love anytime there's a a super grunt, you know, a difficult enemy mm-hmm. that you now have to fight, you know, eight, nine, ten at a time of is part of a squad instead of they're almost like a like a mini boss, except they're everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that would be a good description, I would say, like a mini boss grunt. Derek, that's uh, thank you so much for coming on and talking Subrat Robot Wars with me. This was a lot of fun. No, thank you for having me and letting me just be a big, <laughs> stupid fucking nerd about some giant robots. Uh, you're not stupid. This was this was fun, and everyone should be a fan of giant robots. Like we said, like no one actively dislikes giant robots. Nobody's right? like, uh, giant robots. Uh, I don't know about like, this. They're, they're too cool. Uh, yeah. I can't handle it. Get away from me. No, exactly. Like, show someone like some of these attacks and be like, even in, if you aren't a fan, they'd be like, yeah, that's kind of cool, I guess. Yeah. 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 That's cool. If you're, if you're even halfway into like gaming and anime culture, robots, it's a plus. It's a plus, baby. Yeah. yeah. But where can people find you online? What do you have cooking? What's going on over there uh, at what is Super my Deluxe entire Cake situation? Yeah, um, yeah. Soapbox. Yeah, just plug yourself. So you can find me on uh, Twitter or Twitch at Derby City Derek. Uh, it's D E R E K. Um, you can find SDGC on most platforms as official SDGC. It's SDGC standing for Super Deluxe Games Cast so that you can remember which letters go in what order. Um, right now, things are... We're, we're in a weird in-between state. We're obviously gearing up for the Game Awards in only a couple of days as of time of recording. Um, and the day of, you're listening to yeah. this. This is actually going up on that day. So you'll be able to listen. Start your day with RPG University. Pick up your cyberpunk if you want, and then settle in with uh, the game awards. And there you go. Yeah. So a well balanced. We've got a couple a couple things in the works that I'm not allowed to talk about yet. Uh, you know, in regards to like partnerships and new members and shit like that. So, you know, keep keep eyes on that. But uh, but yeah, you know, follow follow me, follow SDGC. Uh, I apologize in advance because I am. I am I am not frequently loud. I tend to be very unassuming on Twitter, and then I hit like two a.m. at work, and I'm bored, and it starts to get a little wilder. <laughs> but uh, you know, that's that's life. Yeah, pretty much. But no, you guys have such an amazing crew over there at SGDC, uh, or SDGC, excuse me. Um, it's always fun to see you guys interacting. Um, so give them a follow, give them a listen, follow their podcast, watch their streams. It's fantastic. And one of these days, Derek, you and I will have to play some Gundam. Hell yes. We'll have to do something. We'll have to get a I'm a, a I'm a difficult man in. to get on multiplayer games for reasons I'll never understand. Uh but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make that promise and and we're gonna hope I don't break it later. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We won't put an end date on yeah. it. We'll just leave it open so you <laughs> then can never I'm break never it. a liar, right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that's exactly it but thank you everyone to those of you who have listened here to the end of the podcast you've helped return light to the crystals and unlocked a new job class 
Be sure to rate and review us on your preferred podcast service as each review or rating you leave just would make my day and I would really appreciate it. If you would like to hear us talk about a specific RPG or would like to be a guest on RPG University, tweet at IrrationalPod with the hashtag RPGU with what game you would like to talk about or you would like to hear get talked about. And until next time, everybody, stay safe, stay healthy, be kind to one another. Class dismissed.